The Ringer NBA show is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the Ringer Podcast Network. Looking for a better way to bet on your favorite teams online? With FanDuel Sportsbook, there are more ways to bet. If you can dream it, you can probably bet it through FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel offers spreads, parlays, money lines, over-under props, and in-game bets in an all-easy-to-use app. Unlike most other sportsbooks, FanDuel accepts all major credit card payments. And there are more ways to cash out. When you win, you receive your winnings in your bank account in as little as 48 hours through a safe and secure process. Check out the FanDuel Sportsbook app today to experience sports betting the way it always should have been. FanDuel, more ways to win. Now for the disclaimer, you got to be 21 and older and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Indiana, or Colorado. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, just visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome to the Ringer NBA show. I don't know if you know this voice by now, but this is Logan Murdoch, staff writer at the Ringer. Um, for our Monday show, I am joined, as always, by former NBA player, curator of vibes, mm. bald head bandit, mm. Tupac, haircut <laughs> having, <laughs> Raja Bell. <laughs> what up? What's popping, bro? Hey, just another day in paradise, man. Yeah, yeah. I see it, but I can see it by the walls you in like the back. That? It's just, I like that. That's fire. That's kind of fire. I like the decor. I play the feng shui. I, I thought it may be a little busy for the background here, but when you're in a crib with this many people, you take what you could get. All right. I feel the vibe. I see the vibes. Uh-huh. Um, we are taping this on August 17th at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I got a bone to pick with you, Roger. Mm-hmm. You, you, you switch sides. You went on another podcast. Uh, that's my boss, sir. That's our boss. That's okay. true. Well, yeah. That's true. I mean, That's like true. when you're summoned, you, 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 I mean, you're going. I, I get it. I, I yeah. get it. I get it. Or when you're simmoned, but <laughs> you're I, I get it. <laughs> you, you, you appeared on the Bill Simmons podcast. Is this a, is this like when Draymond was like recruiting uh, Durant? Is it, do I have to worry about anything? Do I have to worry about like, like it's tampering? Three weeks you're gone. Do we have tampering? Um, is, no. is this like inner podcast tampering right this now? This relationship is too strong, sir. Too okay, strong. Okay. There may be a, right. an occasional guest because, again, if I'm Simmoned, I'm probably yeah. going. <laughs> I'm here. I'm committed. No, I just had to make sure, bro, because, you know, I saw that and I'm like, okay, you got, he's like Bill Sanders, jealous of, of, of all the good conversations that we're having on here. And he yeah. had to get in on this. And I just want to know if this is like a weekly thing. I don't know. Maybe it's a weekly thing. And I'm just like, whoa, what's what's going on here? What's going on? Hey, you know what? It's 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 flattering, sir. Like, it's, it's nice to be wanted. Well, you know, we want you here. We might have to we might have to get some uh exclusivity in your contract just right. to go right here for now, but we'll see. But mo- more importantly than tampering right now is it's it's the playoffs. Hmm. How are you feeling right now? I'm excited. The the only look, the only beef I have right now is the kids in Florida are going back to school uh Wednesday. And it's gonna be a whole lot of conflict between me trying to work out everybody's online schooling and my ability to watch the games. I mean, I, it's unavoidable, but that's that's my beef. Uh, other than that, I'm I'm excited, bro. Like it's it, the pl- the playing situation came down the way it was supposed to play out. It was a lot of intrigue around the last uh, night of games, and and now it's time to get it get it popping. 
Let's get into that play uh, play in game. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Just how this needs to be permanent. I think that this setup it would. There was no better example as to why this needs to be permanent uh, than the the Portland uh, Trailblazers and Memphis Grizzlies playing game. But not even just that. The Blazers-Brooklyn uh, game was probably a better example of why this needs to go down to the wire. What did you think of the playoff festivities so far, the play-in? Oh, I, th- I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, the, first of all, the level, and we talked about this, and I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts again post post regular season bubble, but I thought the intensity level in the bubble in general was really um, better than I thought it would be coming in. But coming down to the wire with that many teams in the mix with opportunities for different scenarios to play themselves out, um, I really felt like you got a high quality of basketball. And I really appreciated the teams that weren't necessarily playing for something in those scenarios. Like, you know, for the most part, there was real competition there, you know, and I, I thought that was in the spirit of, of what the league was trying to do, though. In, in retrospect, like well, looking back at it, do you feel the same way you did when it when we talked about it last time? Yeah, I feel that it's that it was it was a lot of intensity. I think that we should have this when we uh, we should have this playing format going forward. I'm, I'm struggling not to get caught up too much in the moment because I do know that while the play in games were great and going in the back stretch back stretch of the season is great. We both know this. We've been around the league. It's not this part of the season that I'm worried about. It's around just after the Christmas game that I'm worried about, where guys don't care, where it's the January Tuesday game, and even the contenders are just kind of in a malaise. I'm trying to figure out how you police from that. How does that work? And I don't. And I don't. I don't. I don't know a scenario right now with 82 games to where you can get rid of. Or you can get rid of that malaise and lack of intensity. I don't know. What do you think? No, you hit you hit the nail on the head when you said the 82 games. I, I, I love an NBA season. Grew up watching them. Had no problem playing that amount of games. I, I can still say it's too many games, right? Like when you're talking about preseason and if you make a, you know, any type of deep playoff run, you're well over 100 games. There's, it's, look, the body can only take so much. It's human nature. You know, that, that period of time that you're talking about are, you know, that's a, that's a real... Uh, sleepy part of the year, if you will, right? So it's going to lend itself to that type of ball from night to night. I really liked the cup idea. I know it's really playing with the framework of what the NBA is about. Like it's really soccery. I hear that. I'm not saying that it's that it would work. Uh, I think it's an interesting idea, though. If you could incentivize it enough for guys to want to play in it, and that's going to be the problem in the NBA when cats make as much bread as they make. Well, yeah, cats make as much bread as they make, but also cats want a break around that time. You know what I mean? That All Star break. Um, that's important to a lot of guys. And I know that's the time for you guys to reset and recharge going into the back stretch. What is it like in the midway point of the season for uh, body wise? Are you guys, why, why is there a malaise? Your, your body is, it goes through like a transition from like, um, you're, you're really fresh at a, as close to hundred percent as you can be when you come into the season. And then you training camps, at least when I played, you'd break down relatively quickly because training camps were rough, you know, and, and you were going at it two a days and, so your your body starts going through this this um you know breakdown period and and as you get to the, about the time of year you're talking about it just accepts the fact that that's the way you're going to be right like and so it's almost like a reconditioning of of your mind like all right this is what I'm working with I'm working with 75% of of my physical being and kind of you you fall into that mode and that it's just around the time when mentally you get a little fried and you've been playing a lot of hoops and finish line is still kind of far enough off where you fall asleep. It's just a, a weird time of year, you know? And then 
um, obviously, as the playoffs start to approach, like your interest clicks back in a little bit more, you know? Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I just know from a B-Rider standpoint, it's just, we're just tired, bro. Like, it, we're just, you know, you 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 get into a city, you don't even really know. Uh, and I can only imagine how it is when you do that. Also, shout out to the dog back there. Did you hear that? See, I was totally frustrated. So if that was like incoherent rambling, like I was I was just a little like frustrated with yeah. him barking. And then I lost my train of thought for a second. So yeah, so it's like you're trying to talk through it. You're just trying to talk through it. And hopefully the, the, the little homie will stop. What's the dog's name? That's Nike. Nike, huh? That's Nike, yeah. What if you sign to Adidas? Like, what if you sign to, like, New Balance no, or something? Never, what, what no, that? no. Nike's relative. Nike is post-career, so that was there was no doubt I was Nike. Okay, okay, okay. So, like, if you would have did that mid-career or something, that would have been kind of weird. Like, what if what if Adidas offered you the bag, like, right there, and then you got a dog named Nike? You would have named him Neutral. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because it's <laughs> it's like weird to me because some dudes got like Nike tatted on them and stuff. No, and no, sir. Whatever, like or like Jordan tatted on them, and I'm just like, why? What if what if somebody else gives you the bag? Like money is money. That's a weird thing. But you can always tattoo over a tattoo, is what I'll say. Tonight, you gotta get you gotta get real creative. We're getting totally off the rails here. Let's 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 <laughs> let's get back into it. Postseason play. And so I've been looking at the the bracket so far. And what I'm really intrigued by is this Western Conference Lakers bracket right mm-hmm. now. And you still feel really comfortable with this pick. Just I, before we get into it, this is where you're. This is where you want to f- plant the flag. You're stick. You're sticking with this. You stake this ground. I feel comfortable. Okay. I'm gonna just say I feel comfortable. Then that's a, And I just want to note that that is a downgrade from really comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and very comfortable. All right, that's in the that's in the notes. We're good. I, I, I'm just comfortable right now. Um, this is my pick, so I'm gonna go with it. But the Lakers have the potential to play. They're gonna play the Blazers coming up on Tuesday, but they have the potential to play the Blazers, Rockets, Clippers, and then Bucks to try to get this title. <laughs> Oof, that's a lot. That's that's some dog in a neutral site. I might add. Is this the toughest title run in NBA history? And at least in recent history. I don't want to go into NBA history, but yeah. at least in recent history. Yeah, that's uh let's see, recent history. I would have to say that's probably in recent history the toughest road that you'd have to to navigate. I'm trying to pull it all up on the fly here. Yeah. I mean, that's it's certainly not what you want to see as a Laker, as a as a however old LeBron James is right now in, in first year with AD in a bubble scenario minus Avery, you know, with all of those things factored in and then the teams that you have to play and for unique, like, you know, reasons all across the board, right? Like the Portland, the Portland team is you, they're red hot, right? And you got Damian Lillard clicking and CJ McCollum. It doesn't look like that back is going to be a, you know, uh, enough to really, really slow him down. Like they, they, those are present unique problems for a Laker team that's not like guard heavy. The Rockets just, you, you said it the last time we were on. Like you don't know what to make of them. They could be, they could be anything. They present unique challenges across the board. But then those last couple teams, if you were fortunate enough to get there, you're talking about defensive juggernauts, right? Like teams that could really. Now the Clippers may have 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 to some degree um, not met expectations in the defensive stats this year, but Milwaukee certainly has. And and on a team, like if you're the Lakers, that's been challenging that bubble to hit your stride offensively like that. It's just a really interesting like road they got to navigate to get there. Yeah, I think it's, particularly with the Clippers and Bucks, those are two teams that the Lakers just haven't really figured out. 
And I don't know if there's a good answer for them right right now just to play, even if they're playing against the Clippers. I personally think that they're better than the Clippers, and I think that they will win, but also just the taxing in the playoffs. I and mean, What is that like for you guys? Just the, the taxing when you're a contender to get through these types of teams when you're going for a title run. No, look, every every playoff, every championship team, you know, has to has to have certain things go right for them. And and health, you know, is one of them. And the more basketball you play, the less likely it is that that you're going to navigate that that health uh situation cleanly. And so let's take us what we oh is it 06 07 we play 7 against the Lakers. That's that's 12-year-old Logan's favorite memory, right? Yeah, and now and that was oh five oh six. That was oh five oh six. Okay, the the three one comeback, and then we so we, <laughs> but we're we're without Amari, so we're already down a man, right? Um, so then we have to go seven against the Clippers. Steve has to miss a game, so my minutes go up like exponentially, and we go seven against the Clippers, and then first game against the Mavericks, and I've looked this up before. I don't remember exactly what my minutes per game was, but they were pretty pretty heavy. I tear my calf. You know, on just some random like shot, a jump shot, step back. Thought a fan had like thrown an ice cube in my leg, and you know my calf popped. And we were just so undermanned and so beaten up at that point that we couldn't afford another body to go down. And you know that's what starts to happen if those series don't go, you know, three, uh, four, one, or you know, a clean sweep, or you know, when you're getting in a seven game series over and over and over again, people are gonna start getting hurt. Especially when you guys, I think it was the the o five o six series for you guys is when you guys played the Lakers seven games. You guys got to stay in L A to play the Clippers, but that went the distance as well, right? So you you're going into that, you win that, but then you go into a conference finals. What was that like? Just uh, going through long series um, throughout the postseason. I mean, super fun. I mean, there uh, game sevens are nerve-wracking and and your anxiety like is off the charts but they're the most fun games to play in like if you especially you know if you win them uh but they're the the heightened everything is heightened right every the the lights are brighter the the popcorn like you know you could smell it better like every sense in your body like is 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 on overload and so it was a really cool experience to go two game sevens and then see a Dallas team that we really thought we could beat and we felt pretty confident that year that if we saw Miami, like we had blown them out by like 25 both times. Shaq couldn't even stay on the floor. But we were again, you if you don't get through the first series or the earlier series um in in a timely fashion and you're expending way more energy than you need to. I shouldn't say that you're going to get injured, but you just start putting more miles on bodies that don't need them at that point in the season. And it's that you become susceptible to that injury and that you know that's what happened to us but man ga- game sevens like 4-0 sweeps are great man but game sevens 3-3 on the home court like those, there's nothing like that yeah and, and you talk you talk about getting a series done when you need to get it done I think that's what the Lakers need to do against the Blazers in this first round just they have to just get this done the Blazers don't have a lot of defense I don't think they really have anything for LeBron and AD if both are just on on point uh, you maybe put a Waiters game or a, Ku- a Kuzma game in there, but they need to sweep no more than five right here, I think, because the, the Blazers are red hot. Uh, Dame is red hot. I wrote on him uh, for for the ringer. It's gonna it's on the site right now about just his drive and how his mindset has kind of driven um, this team into the postseason. What do the Lakers have to do to make sure that this just this is a sweep, a gentleman sweep at best. 
they've got to come out and and on point from the jump. Like you could come out in a game and, and think you're ready to play, and if you're not 100 percent locked in, um, you know it, it could be a, a two point game with a minute to go, and you're just in. You you know it's a it's 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 precarious situation at that point. So they got to be laser focused early and come out and hit first. You know if the Blazers climb back into it. Um, that's more energy than they that they have to expend to even get in the game. You should wear them out down down the stretch. They played a lot of meaningful basketball, a lot of investment emotionally. So if you're the Lakers, I would say you need to come out and jump on them early, like really, really land a haymaker in, in the first quarter. It, it, from a from a tactical standpoint, I would say as great a story as Melo is, um, and we could talk about Melo. Like I want to hear your thoughts on like the story itself. Who does he guard? Like, where? Who is he? Is he going to line up at the three and have to guard LeBron? Does he? Is he going to play small at the four and he's got to pick up AD? And I would be challenging that if I were the Lakers. I would be looking to figure out how to get that either in ISOs or run pick and roll where they're going to switch Melo on somebody and and really try to attack that. So here's the thing, though, man. I, and I, I'm caught in in the in the mix of I'm caught up in the moment with Melo right now. I can't even lie to you right now. <laughs> I'm caught up in the moment. I feel like we should put respect on his name. Yeah. And then when and then I think that's just what Melo is right now is where you get and, and TD's gonna be pissed at me right now. Our producer TD is probably gonna like end this whole podcast just because I'm about to slander Melo. But <laughs> I think that while he's clutching, he he has some value. The all the Lakers gotta do is just pick and roll switch on the Melo, bro. That's literally what you could do all night long. And that's kind of what they did with the uh what the Lakers did when they played the Clippers and they just attacked Lou Will. You do that with Melo every time. If you need to put him on AD, you put a, you 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 switch, make him switch on the AD and make AD go to work. You switch him on LeBron, that's how that's what you do. And and honestly, with Melo, you know that he can't play defense. And since his his offensive, I wouldn't say his offensive skills have deteriorated, but his offensive role has definitely deteriorated. You can exploit that, and that's something I think the Lake, the Lakers are going to do. Yeah, they, they, they you're absolutely right, and they need to they need to figure out you know mismatches like that. I would also say from those guard standpoint, neither Dame nor CJ are great defenders. I mean, they'll they'll they they have you know Dame is an animal. You this know, this team is not great defensively. They're not great at all. defensively, so you have to if you're the Lakers. Man, I would really hope that they were. I don't know. You don't need a you don't need a wealth of sets that you're going to run and stuff like that. But but really be dialed in offensively. So like I said, you could come out of the box and and just hit them in the mouth. And then uh, can I piggyback on the mellow situation? Like the mellow is is he's got this interesting following to me too. Is like you got people that love mellow, and you cannot say anything you know that that contradicts his greatness or or people that are like nah I I kind of fall in the in the middle of that I think it's a really cool story that he missed that much basketball was able to come back um and is playing the role on the team that he's playing now like as a guy who sat out 2 years and was hoping to play Logan like towards the end of my career um I can attest to the fact that that's not easy on the on on like the old bones, man. Like, cause you can't simulate NBA ball in a training scenario. So you can't, you just can't do it. So to be hopping back in there and playing as well as he's playing, like I gotta give the old fella a shout out. I feel you on that. Um it's 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 different when when you're older. You gotta get warmer faster. You gotta, there's a lot more treatment involved. <laughs> but I, I do wanna say though, do you think that Melo just aged gracefully in this? Because they did say, Mel- Melo, can you please come off the bench? Nah, t- you wildin', chill. Not Don't gracefully. No, I'm with you. No, not gracefully at all. But 
do you feel like maybe he should have done that? If 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 and it's hard for him to say because Me- it's Melo's so tricky and there's so much nuance into this because it's it's like the Allen Iverson thing. I am a Hall of Fame player, bro. You is not taking me off the bench. But again, when you go in hindsight, it's like, can you just go off the bench, please? It, you're gonna be better for us if you play within this format. How do you balance that as an NBA player? It's really, really, really difficult for guys of that stature and that level to accept something less than that, right? Like for someone like me who was never, ever going to see that, I mean, I've always been kind of like plug and play. If you need me to come in, I come in off the bench. If you need me to start, you know, I start. Like it's more of an, it's more of a natural thing for me. Like for the mellows and the AIs, that's, that's really difficult. And I think, you know, you saw Mello not gracefully accept that up front. You're the last to know. Like you, you, as a player, you're the last to know. Everybody else sees the decline in. It might it might not even be skill set. It's just the decline in your ability physically, so that you can't get the skill set off. Um, you know, I see that. I see that shot, but I can't get to it anymore. Like you know, I see that driving lane, but I can't close it off anymore. And so Melo just didn't know. And you know, you saw him butt heads a couple places because he he still thought he was the alpha. And then I really thought that turning point was when for. I mean, it was probably a year or so where people were just not effing with Mello. They were like, no. And then he went on, he went on like national TV and was kind of like real contrite about it and was like, look, I'm accepting this now. And when he came back, you could tell he had digested the situation. And, you know, I argue with my man, Kenny Kelly about this because he's a Syracuse grad. Shout out, Kenny. And he loves Mello. And he always hits me with like mellow, doing mellow things. And I'm like, well, not ex- not exactly the, like he's still making shots, but he's the the third option now, right? Like maybe the fourth option, which is perfect for a player like of that, of that age and, and physical ability. It's still great. He's still contributing. It's just not like, here's the ball, go score me 40 every night. That's not your job anymore. You played with Shaq in Phoenix, didn't you? A absolutely, absolutely. How is it like playing with a star like that where he's aging, He's pro- he's the most dominant dude, but he's not as good as he was when you first came in. He's not. He wasn't oh one Shaq. He wasn't that when you saw him when he came to Phoenix. What's it like when you're with an aging star like that? Yeah, it's really really interesting um, because we we had um, Amari and Steve and Sean Marion and Boris Diaw, and a lot of what we did ran through those four players. The rest of us kind of ate off of that. And so when Shaq came in, he came in like gifts in hand. Like I, I gave gave Amari like a Ferrari. Like was like I'm here to be like a, a part of this. Let's. He let's was get the you. curator of eyes. He was and, the and- definite cur- original curator of eyes. <laughs> so he um started started off like, look, I can get you guys open looks. I just want to be a part. Drop me into this, and I'll just kind of solidify what we're doing. Don't change anything. And we were all like because we had had some success and we were we felt good about it it was like i don't know two three weeks in where it started to be like yo if y'all want Shaq to be Shaq, y'all gotta give me the ball and we were like okay or, so it went from so it went from do what you guys gotta do i'm just a, i'm just a conduit of vibes i just want to just i'm just passing the ball to just like that you sound like it sounds to, like to, a, to give me the goddamn ball roger correct correct <laughs> <laughs> really quickly like it and you know it, it when you bring a guy like that in, specifically a big who's used to scoring the ball, like you almost have to commit to that, right? Like you can't have Shaq yeah. on your team if you're not going to give him that ball. So I, I mean, we got it, but it, 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 it's tough to, to, 
to have a guy and Shaq wasn't there yet because he still winds up being an all-star like a year later um, to yeah. have a guy who isn't the guy anymore really feeling like he's still the guy. When Shaq was there, did you feel like, did you see it in his eyes a change? I just like playing and then knowing that I, I'm, it's not a one no more. No. Um, see, Shaq was just such a great personality, even even if it wasn't a one. And I remember a one because like Larry Brown told me to go down and double him one time. And I I, I went down with two hands, like a, a two-handed like chopped down on his arm. And I just remember both of my arms almost being pulled out of socket as he went up to the rim and and one did me. Um, he, he wasn't that anymore. He was such a good dude and such a good teammate and had such a great personality and was so smart about the game. Like he was helping me at the two guard position um, from his experience, you know, with great teams and great players as, as a five and, and really good information that was helpful. So he was he was just a great teammate and he was still there to win and still there to do what he could do. It's just, you know, the physical wasn't the same. I do want to get back to Dame and Melo, but more so Dame, when you talk about uh just his mindset and how he's been. You said some wild stuff on the on the Bill Simmons podcast show, sir. I'm a wild boy. I, I can see that, but you said that <laughs> you said that Dame okay. has he has eclipsed Steph Curry. Hold on. That this is what you this is what you this is what I heard, sir. Okay. You and I know this is let me set this up real quick. Let me just let me quarterback this thing real quick. So this you're not the only one that thinks along these lines. And I do want to get some clarity from you, but there you are not the only one that is thinking along these lines that that is that's that Steph's name is getting brought up into this. Are we getting caught up in the moment, Raja? Are we are we getting a little, you know, we're seeing this, we have it Steph's not in the playoffs and Dame is balling. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves right now. I don't. I, th- I don't. I don't think so. And I want to. I want to make sure that I did say he's eclipsed Steph. I think I said I might. I love Steph. But I might take Dame right now. Like, See? wait, wait, wait. See, you're you're splitting hairs. We right are now. splitting hairs, and I think semantics are getting in the way a little bit. I, for me, what that means is um, they're both like really great, and for my taste, I might like the Dame style and the way he approaches it. A little better. Here's here's what I would say to defend Dame because I, I I played with Steph in his rookie year, like the and I the way he I I don't want to use revolutionize the game, but like damn, like it was it was damn close to like revolutionize what he was doing. I think is you see Dame and those guys like they've all kind of taken a page out of each other's books. Um, Steph has just been blessed since that since his early years, right? With really, really, really good teams, really complimentary pieces around him. And I'm not. This isn't to take away from Steph's greatness, but you can't tell me that Dame has had the same type of support. It's what I always say about Dame when people ask why is he, why didn't he get the same love and all. That. I think it's it's to some degree has to do with his his teams, the way they've been constructed. Like he don't have that kind of help. So I, I just think that if you put Dame on a court. And 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 Steph on a court um, and said, "Hey, look, here's the ball. I need you to win this game. Go get it." In that scenario, I like Dame. I think Dame's, you know, just I think he would flourish in that scenario better. There would be other situations where I where I take Steph. All right, so I let you I let you say that whatever that was that you said. I I think you're <laughs> I think that you're also forgetting one. Steph has carried a team by himself. It wasn't. I know he's had great teammates, and I know he gets slander for that. I know he gets slander for having great teammates. Slander. However, Jeez. the twenty fifteen, the twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen uh-huh. season does exist. 
the greatest offensive season of all time for one. Okay. And that was when he and that where he led his team to 73 wins. He had the bulk of that offense, sir. He did have the bulk of that offense. But having and, the bulk, having the bulk of an offense is different than like literally having to make everything happen. He literally had to make <laughs> everything happen. He didn't have Kevin Durant yet. Right, he had Clay. Okay. But he, he had Clay, but Clay can't can't uh, create his own shot. This can is he? true. This is true. Right? Is true. He was the primary ball handler on a 73 and 9 win season. Okay. Am I right? Like, I'm not I'm not going to argue that. Like cuz I you oh, are correct. Okay. You know, he was fantastic. Also, before Kevin Durant came here cuz I'm sure that's going to play a role in, into your argument for Dame, right? Before Kevin got there and after Kevin got there, Dame has never beaten Steph Curry in a playoff series. Yeah, that that to me is like that that that's I mean, you've just right? got Yes, minus look, you're you're saying that they didn't have Kevin Durant, that doesn't mean they didn't have a better constructed team. That I I I think that when you're when you're going who was on that? Who was on the rosters pre Kevin Durant um, of both of those teams? Or you want to do this? Let's do it. Who did Golden State have? Who Golden State have? Let's do it. Golden State had Andre Iguodala. Correct. They had Clay Thompson. They had, uh, but okay, the uh, Trailblazers had a Lamarcus Aldridge before he left. Stop it. Still have a CJ McCollum. Stop it. Yes. I, okay, I'm just saying. You're saying this like as he's eclipsed. When I don't think the work has been put in just yet for him to eclipse I, him. I'm not gonna. I there hasn't be, been the deep. There hasn't been the deep playoff run. Man, there hasn't man. been there, there. There hasn't been the unanimous MVP. In a lot of ways, Steph has blocked Dame every single time that he's tried to, to that he's tried to get to that next level. His biggest average Terry, has been Stephen Curry. Hey, listen. Uh, again, the biggest wall to a title has been Steph Curry for him, and that's what a true champion, does, like a true a true king, a true boss, right? Like there, if you see me, you see me coming for the throne, you you block me, and so I, I, again, like I feel like you want to you want to fight, you want to fight this morning, huh? You woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I mean, it is a little early, sir. <laughs> you know, we're doing this on on different time zones for the second straight week. I'm ready to pod. No, I'm you, ready to pod. You can't man. be you can't be wrong with either one of those cats, and I can I can sit here and tell you that um in in either way. One is one A and one is one B for me, right? Like, and right. and I'm not going to be mad at you putting out a great argument for Steph Curry because he's he's fantastic, and I it, it could be prisoner of the moment ish. I think you're getting a little prisoner of the moment, man. Yeah, I, I think you I, forgot. I think like like I think you forgot about Steph. I just I'm, think- I'm a human being. I'm just saying though, like that's the way it looks. Maybe it's the aesthetics of it. Maybe it's the. Maybe it's the like when you look at the aesthetics of it, it's literally what Steph is what has been doing. It's shooting from the logo. It's it's getting it. It's not doing, the execution of it. Not the execution of it. Like he's they're different physical animals, right? Like and I, true. This happens to me when I coach. Like I'm a I'm a prisoner to this for sure. I like to watch the better athlete. I like to watch the bigger, stronger, faster player. And so there could be some of that. Like I'm I'm. I'm uh, I'm not above that. That I've seen that play itself out when I select kids and I play kids on my team. So, they're, so they're, you wouldn't select Steph, a young Steph. If you saw a young Dame and a young Steph, you're just going to be... I may miss on a young Steph coming out of Davidson. Like I might because he wasn't... Okay. You know, Steph's done a great job on his body and his physicality. Like he, he, he looks the part a lot more now, but coming out of Davidson, he was a baby. You know, so yeah. I, I could have very easily missed on that. He, little, he does it like he's like hits 225 like once right now. <laughs> But, <laughs> but look, I, you got to be in a tough spot, bro, because like one, I'm in a tough spot. Yes, one is from the town and one reps the town like you, you like you got to be really conflicted on that. I'm really conflicted on this because I've seen Steph up close. I've seen him. I've seen his work up close. But 
Dame is that dude, man. Dame is that dude. I, 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 I'm in a tough spot, but I just think that Steph, I'm taking Steph over Dame, and I probably won't be able to go back home now. I probably won't be able to do that. So, you know, we'll see. Thank you for this Ringer NBA show for messing up <laughs> me being able to go to here. FanDuel Sportsbook has an amazing NBA playoffs offer for all new customers. Plus 2,000 on any team in the playoffs to win the title. Doesn't matter if it's the Bucks, Lakers, or Nets. Plus 2,000 are for everyone. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and be sure to sign up with promo code RINGERNBA so that you know I sent you. You can also be entered into the Ultimate Hoops Ringer Contest. Here's how it works. There's a FanDuel contest every day before playoff games, a $5 entry per contest. If you win the contest, you get a ticket to the leaderboard series during the NBA Finals where all the winners will compete for a share at a $50,000 prize. Also, you get ringer swag and you can be deemed the sole survivor of the ultimate hoops ringer. Now for a disclaimer, learn more and enter at fanduel.com slash hoop ringer. Age and location restrictions apply. You got to be 20 years or older to participate. This is present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, West Virginia, or Indiana. Only new users apply. You must wager on the designated boost market. The max bonus you can get is $200. See full terms at fanduel. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Colorado, dial 1-800-522-4700. Or in West Virginia, Visit www.1800gambler.net or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. That's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now back to the show. I, I do want to go into the to to another subject that I think is is good. Uh, back to the postseason. You're a role player. Played in the postseason. Yeah. What's that role like? How how is that? How is your role in the postseason? How is your mindset going into that? Generally speaking. When you when you get into the into the NBA season preseason, you know when you first the first time you see it. Okay, this is Logan's first time hooping in the NBA. Like preseason, you're gonna hit the bricks, you're gonna play well, and you're gonna be like, I got it figured out. And then you're gonna get into your first regular season game, and you're gonna realize that no one was really playing hard in the preseason. You'd be like, damn, I got to recalibrate. Then 14 points in that game against Dude, Reggie Miller just doesn't matter. Just don't matter, right? So that's going to happen, and then. You know, you'll play the 82 or whatever you play that year. And then when you get to the playoffs, it's just going to be heightened that much more. Like what happens is, you know, to your point about the doldrums of the NBA season, you know, you might catch, you know, not really Kobe's a bad example because he was never like this, but you might catch a, a, a random player on a night where they just don't have it. That doesn't happen in the playoffs. There's not one loose ball that's not challenged. There's not one like um, rebound that's not fought for. There's not one screen that that isn't executed just because like, man, I don't feel like getting hit in the 32nd game of the season. So every single um, part of the game becomes sharper and more dialed in. So as a player, the way you approach it is to really understand um, who you're playing. And, you know, the guys that don't get a lot of credit sometimes in NBA, um, in NBA, uh, like franchises are, are the guys behind the scenes, like in the film room and stuff like that. The guys that are cutting up these, these um, mixes of the players that you're going to have to guard. Cause I have to know Logan Murdoch inside and out, if that's going to be my assignment. Right. And you know, for me, I would have to know Logan Murdoch um, and I would have to know, you know, Bill Simmons and I would have to know Tunde because I could, I could be on three different players. So I'd have to sit there and really break down 
each one of these guys to understand like how they operate within their offense, where they want to get the ball, and what what my assignment would be to try to affect you know their inability to do, or their ability to do that. And so, you know, knowing that's where it starts is understanding exactly what you're going to be tasked with doing in that playoff series defensively and offensively. Um, and then from a physical standpoint, it, it becomes, for me, it was making sure I was fresh, like making sure I hit that cold tub, make, making sure that um, any little nagging thing I had was taken care of, and then making sure I got a bunch of shots up. So, you know, my job was to make shots. So you have to make sure you're oiled up. There's no time to be missing three, four, or five in a row and hitting a slump in the playoffs. You got to be ready, lock, cock, and ready, rock. TD said um, he has a killer open jumper and you need to put some respect on his name. I can't, well, then I can't, I can't help off that. that. I got to stay locked. Hey, I got to stay tight. But what is it like for you to get scouted? Because when when someone is scouting for you, it's different when you're you're just watching, you just got film in the locker room during the playoff. I mean, during the during the regular season. But when you're locked in on, what is it like as a role player when you yourself are getting scouted? Um, super frustrating for someone like me who, like you could really, <laughs> you could really take me out of the game by just standing next to me. <laughs> yeah, like that was tough. And I talked about this with Bill, like. A lot of teams didn't do it, but the Spurs and the Mavericks chose to do that. Like they stayed home on our shooters and they would let Steve and Amari like try to beat them, you know, as a, as a, as a twosome and, and the rest of us just got kind of chopped off. So that, that was really frustrating. But what, what you try to do is just throw wrinkles. Like if they're, if they're plays, like if you're running plays for me and I know you've watched, you know, I don't know, 30 minutes worth of clips on what I like to do coming off these screens then what a good team would do, and Larry Brown was probably the best I saw at this, is just come up like Allen Iverson. Everyone knew what, what you were going to do to get Allen Iverson open. But from series to series, like he'd put in counters and he'd throw, he'd throw something else in that you, you hadn't seen. So we're effectively running new offense when we, when we go from playing Toronto to, to playing the Bucks, And so no one would have a scout on that. At least one game, you wouldn't know what was hitting you, you know? So you're trying yeah. to counter it all. My, my thing is when... Um, you see these guys and you're seeing uh, and you're scouting a player and you're guarding a player, the different, you kind of know what he's going to do. I think the, the the question is, can you stop it? Like, to be honest with you, Kobe's moves and you knew everything that was coming. The biggest thing was him getting his spacing, right? Or him getting just enough space to get his shot off, right? What what is it like guarding a, t a superstar type player like that? Difference between the regular season and the playoffs. Um, okay. Um, well, again, I, I think the major difference between regular season and playoffs is you're not going to get the off chance that said person is chilling tonight. Like that's just not happening. And you're not going to get, for the most part, this is a little controversial. Said player's not going to be in foul trouble very often in the playoffs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not happening either. So you're going to have, you know, a lot more on your plate. Some elbows, elbows to the stomach. Yeah, they're, it's, they're not going to be in foul trouble and they're not going to ever be like chilling because there's so much at stake. Um, mm -hmm. and, but this is the NBA. Like the NBA, and you saw it the other night with John Morant and, and CJ McCollum. John Morant played almost every one of those save for like the between the legs double behind the back where he kind of got shook at the top of the key played him excellent great was right there but cj is so gifted offensively just kind of gives him a little big boy shoulder or a little chicken wing and excuse me yeah creates enough space to get the shot off so like as a defender there is nothing more i could do with that 
Like literally yeah. nothing more I can do with Kobe's fadeaway, and he still hits it anyway. And so, who who was the, who was the first person to just just get you in the postseason? Just get you. You didn't even know. Like it was your welcome to the NBA moment, and you was guarding him, and you thought she was you thought she was in your bag. Yeah, might just ah. Yeah, it was Kobe because that was my first real playoff experience. Was the 01 Finals, and and um, he was just better than me at everything. Oh. So, what is it like for an NBA player to just just admit that? I, I, yeah, I don't. We mean, you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, you know, because uh, you know, y'all got some ego over there. Y'all, y'all not like even if I even if it's obvious that somebody better than y'all, y'all not gonna tell us. Uh, yes, I. But look, I am. I am. I'm a I'm a believer in again. I try to tell my kids this. There, look, people can be better than you. Like you don't you don't have to win. You can you can admit that that someone is better than you. Um, but you can't lay down and let him be better than you. You got to fight. And so my my thing was like you might you might be better than me, but I'm gonna fight you for every one of these. And you know, in the process, I'm getting better, and I might affect just enough of a difference in what you're doing to allow my team to win the game, right? Because it's not an individual, it's not an individual thing. So to your to your question about what's it like to get to get roasted and scored on, no matter what you're doing, well, if our scouting report as the Phoenix Sun said Kobe trying to get 50 on Raj is our best chance to win, if we send a double team at Kobe and let Lo get 25 and and you know uh, Luke Walton get 15 and and then you know Powell's getting off, like that's a recipe for disaster for the Suns. But Kobe getting 50 as Raja as the primary defender and keeping him off the free throw line is a game we can win. Like if that's the scouting report. And I got to be cool with that. That's interesting you say that because we get that a lot about Kobe. Like he's a great, he was a great scorer, but there's been a lot of stories of teams using that against him. What is that scouting report to where like, okay, he's just going to score 50, but that's a good 50 for us. Again, I got to understand what I get paid to do. Um, yeah. There were nights where we tried to double him and there were nights where I asked people to help me on him. But then again, there were there were situations once we had enough of a sample size where it became like, all right, Ry, you just have to take care of that. And whatever that looks like, if you can keep him off his field goal percentage and keep him off the free throw line, <clears throat> even if it winds up being 47, you did a great job and we, we probably are going to win. It's lonely. <laughs> it's really, really, you have to have thin, thick skin because like it, he's going to keep coming at you and those buckets are are at some point they become embarrassing. Like, I don't know what 81's like to have scored on me, but that's got to be tough to sleep at night when you get... Hey, TD, get uh, Jalen Jalen Rose on. <laughs> we got to figure this out. Get it, get the... You, I know you tapped in. Get all that figured out. Right. Let's figure this out. Right. Why do role players play well at home? Um... Why y'all don't play good on the road? Why y'all don't keep that same don't energy? Don't say y'all, because you can look my numbers <laughs> up. I like the road. Ah! I like the road. Um, But I, I think... You know, it's just a human nature thing, man. Like you, we're all, we're creatures of habit, right? Like you, you know, I, I, I took the nap at the same time every like day of a game. I ate the same food every day of a game. Um, you know, like I tried to keep it. I shot the same amount of shots. We did, we do every day. I put my jersey and shorts and socks and shoes on like in the same order before every game. And so when you go on the road, it throws that off and you know, I think that you're dealing with finely, finely tuned machines. And if you throw just a little something off, that could be the difference, you know? I want to I play a game with you, Raja. You're a noted defender. 
particularly on perimeter defenders. I mean, defend on uh, perimeter players. I got a game. So we have. I have five players that are currently perimeter players that are in the postseason. I want to get a scouting report on each of them. You down for that? All right. The first one, friend of the show. I don't know if he's really a friend of the show, but he's a friend of the show. Dame Lillard. Maybe this isn't. Is this in the spirit of what we're doing? Like, you want a scouting report on Dame Lillard or how you would attack the team with Dame Lillard on it? Yes. Okay. Um, for, from a team scenario, I like the idea of getting it out of his hands. I, I think mm-hmm. he showed you almost to a fault because I was yelling at him through the TV against like Brooklyn when they were just sending the two at him. Like, go back and get the ball or let CJ bring it up so they can't double you when you come across half court. But he was committed to letting CJ and the other players like make shots, right? Like they rode with that. So yep. I, I like the idea of getting that thing out of his hand. So, you know, it, I'd send that early, like almost like a zone, a too high and send them at him. And then once he got rid of it as the PG, I'm instructing the point guard not to be in the play anymore. You have no help side responsibility. You just deny him the ball wherever he goes. And we'll, we'll hope that one of those other four, you know, miss a shot or over the course of a game that's, um, that's not going to beat us. So that's how I'd approach Dane. James Harden. Almost, almost the same with, with James Harden, except that's boring. So let's, let's do it a different way. I would force James. You're getting the hang of this media stuff. Yeah, man. you like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> I would force James to his right, but not like Utah did it. Do you remember two years ago when Utah was playing like on his side? Like, yeah. if you play on someone's side, they're one step from being in front of you. Now you're on their back and now he's back to his left. So you can't be wide open. I would play him like half a clip to the left, making him move to his right. And I would stay up, never giving up the step back. Like I would instruct like my player to always err on the side of taking away the step back and just funnel him to the basket. And I know he's gifted finishing and he's going to be on the free throw line and stuff like that. But as a defender, what I can't do is dance with you because then I'm in the mixer. Like I, I have to take something away. And I would say take the left away and take the jump shot away if possible, knowing that I'm going to give up some drives to the basket and then take my chances with that. Again, if he's firing out to shooters, like let him have 25 assists. But I, I think with James, it's it's hard because he's one of those guys that needs hella shots. Yeah. He's the one that takes hella shots. So when you're guarding him, there's times where he might start off 6 of 15, but he's going to get to 15 or 30. Absolutely. You know? How do you stay down on that? How do you keep your head when a guy is shooting that much and maybe you think you might have him going early on, but then... He's still shooting, and then he gets his rhythm back. I mean, they're great. Like, good OBs, good D all the time. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's tried and true, man. Like, you're going to, if you're gifted offensively, you're going to beat my gifts defensively. It goes back to, like, what we talked about, like, your mindset. This is my job. So, and that's your job. Um, My job isn't to stop you. Like, if you're, like, my job is to make your life, like, hell. And so, if I can really take away some of the stuff you like to do, making you use like your secondary moves or your counters, and you're still good enough to 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 score efficiently, right? Because that's the word we're looking for. If you're going to score 30 on like 35 shots and no free throws, then I did, I did a pretty good job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I got to feel yeah. good about that. So 
30 on 35 shots is nasty, by the way. It's right, right. That's a, that's that's a dookie line, right? So like, <laughs> that, but that's what I'm saying. Like you have to, you have to have a, a, uh, man, it's, it's like a selfless approach to that. Like, I'm going to get some numbers hung on me. There are going to be nights where this doesn't this doesn't look good for me because I'm going to be like I am in every single Kobe scoring clip. Like, that sucks. When my kids are like, Daddy, you were just on TV. I was like, what was I doing? Hey, Kobe was scoring on you. You're like, damn. You know, that's tough. But that's your job. So you just keep riding. You keep forcing him to that that right hand. You keep trying to take away that step back. And if he mm-hmm. shoots some, you you know, and he makes some, God bless him. And you just know that you've done your job. Would you get pissed off with the foul calls, though? Also, also, man, like we've seen when you don't get your foul calls, what happens? So, like, <laughs> what, what happens? What, what, what happens? Uh, no, you tell me what happens. You get suspended for a game, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> so if a guy's stepping back and he's getting some foul calls are just like Kobe was fouling you, bro. But you're getting called for fouls when James is like grabbing your arm and things like that. Could you keep your cool, Raja? Yeah. How would that be? I can't promise you that. I can't promise you that. But what I can promise you is I've got way more understanding of how that works now than I did then. Like I under, yeah. I understand now, and this is a deeper rabbit hole we'll get into one day. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. People don't pay to see James Harden sitting on the bench. Like they don't. They ultimately don't pay to see me or Patrick Beverly or or like they don't pay to see us. Like you know, really get up under somebody's skin. So you're saying the NBA ulti- fans ain't like underground, real underground hip hop right now? Nah, That's what you're saying. I'm not the majority of them. Some of them get down with that. Like, but but a, you know, a lot of people want to see their buckets, and I, as a fan. I enjoy the buckets too. So there's going to be some of that penciled in to what you're doing that night, right? Like anytime you guard a star, you just have to understand that. And then you just hope that the refs don't make it obnoxious, you know? Let's go one more just mm-hmm. for time purposes. Mm-hmm. I want to get CP3. How, what, what's it, what would it be like to, what, what are you going in guarding CP3? Right? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I probably would pick CP3 up. I just, I mean, I have, I, this is, I'm going to admit here, I haven't seen him play a whole lot this year just because the Thunder haven't had a ton of games, um, you know, on, on national TV and, and I, I ain't watched a lot of games. But at this point in a career, at this point in a career, just with age on my mind, I would, I would pick him up early and make him work just to get it up the court as much as I could. Um, NBA is never really a 94 foot game because guards are too good. Like they're going to just be by you. But, I would, Don't tell Patrick Beverly that. I, yeah, right. <laughs> but I would work him. I would. I would try to. I would try to make him work for every, you know, every turn, every entry of a ball into offense, like all stuff that guards usually take for granted, like just come down and flip it into offense. Like I'd make him try to work for all of that, and then I'd blitz his pick and roll. I would. I would trap him. I, I wouldn't. What about say, uh? What about Luca? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? He's so big, staying up, pressed again. I'm not letting you see these guys all live on step backs. Right? Yeah. They all live on on step backs and 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 layups. Luca, the one thing that I don't think he's great at, you know, is and like he's not physically super athletically gifted. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean he don't finish. Like he finishes his ass off. Oh, I've seen him finish yeah, for sure. He finishes, but I, I'm probably again as a defender, Logan. I can't dance with you. I got to take something away. And I can't take everything away. So I'm going to stay up, like in your hip, trying to take away and suffocate that ability to step me back. And if by chance you're able to get downhill on me a few times, then I'm going to have to roll the dice on that. And so I think approaching it that way, at, at least it's like a golf swing. You want to miss one way. 
Like if they say, if you're missing a, a golf swing one way, you can play golf. But if you're missing left and right, there's nothing you can do. So I'm going to make you try to beat me getting to the bucket and take away your ability to kind of step back. All right, man. This is the time of the 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 uh, the year. It's a weird time of the year, but it's the time of the year where people get uh, dismissed, when they get fired, when they when they when they leave their teams. We saw that with the uh, the Bulls and Jim Boylan. We saw that with the Kings and Vlade Divac. But I don't know what you have over there. But I got a little. I got some Pellegrino. I think we need to pour one out for one one of one of the homies right now. Yeah, I'm drinking coffee, but that's my we guy. Need to, we need to, yeah, we yeah. need to pour one out. Alvin Gentry got dismissed as coach. Of the New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. This this is this 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 is really close to you on a number of fronts. There is Alvin Gentry that got dismissed, but it's also Griff, right? Who you've worked with <laughs> as a player and as an exec. What's this like for you, man? I've, what, what's what's going on in your mind right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm conflicted um, because I, I feel like Alvin Gentry's record, like if you just purely a face value, like it's not it's not great there in in, in New Orleans, but he was handed a whole lot of a mess. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, even this season, you know, when they started to get a firmer, like, ground underneath his feet, it was, Zion was in and out of the lineup. You were playing him on crazy, like, minute restrictions. Like, it was still a a mess. So I want to give, I want to give, you know, um, AG the benefit of the doubt in that. Um, But at the end of the day, man, like, I'm not going to, question griff when you're in that front office seat you have the ability to be in the practices see whether a guy is is tuning in or tuning out to what a coach is saying right to see whether doesn't mean he's a bad coach he might have just lost um the ability to communicate with the team or or the respect of the team i'm not saying that this is facts right um before i went to to work with griff in cleveland he called me up there mike brown was the coach mike brown's a really good coach like a great defensive coach. Like he, he, he does some things really well, but Griff wanted a fresh set of eyes to come in and look at the situation. I was in his practice for 20 minutes and I looked at Griff and I said, you're going to have to fire him. I was like, because the, no one is bought into what he's talking about. Like you could see that they, they've lost respect for the message. How do you see that in a, how do you see that in a practice in a coach? Like what, what are the key indicators in a practice when a coach has lost his team? Body language, like a, a, attention uh, or lack thereof. You know, when you got guys like looking, looking up in the in the in the corner of the building and stuff like that, when a coach is talking, and you know, if if uh, coaches instructed you to do something, and you're going, everybody's going to hop out and and out of the huddle and go to their different like stations to get some stuff done, and you know, people are moving like snails, like there's no energy in the building, right? Like you can, if if those things. Um, are present, then you got a situation where guys aren't bought into what the guy's talking about, you know? And then if it gets obnoxious, you got your eye rolling and you're, you're you know, you're just foul shit, but it, it, that that could be the case. And I, and so I trust Griff doesn't mean it's, it's AG's fault, but I trust Griff to be in there looking at it and saying like, maybe this just isn't, isn't going to work going forward. And he's got a young team. So if they're trying to build and the foundation is set, get the right guy for the job. AG is great. When I and I do want to get into AG to coach, but I, I've seen him just from the outside looking in. He's always the guy that gets a a coaching job, but it doesn't necessarily work out. And this guy for for a coach that with so much reverence, what he's on, he's only led his playoffs. He's only led his team to the playoffs one, two, three times. What is it? Why doesn't it click with him? But why does he always keep getting jobs? Because he's a great dude. Like. AG is fantastic people. Um, and I've never played for him in the head seat. So 
there are there are any number of reasons why it might not translate into like a lot of winning like you know maybe maybe you're not hella organized and 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 able to like take a team from step a and teach them step b and step c and have that thing wind up being z by the end of the season like that's a you know not everyone can do that i'm not saying you can't but but not everyone could do that um you know maybe it's his in game maybe it's uh you know strategically you know he doesn't have a great feel for for lineups and and exploring playing a different style of ball like i don't know cuz i ain't there and i ain't played for ag i do know that he was great as an assistant coach um and he's been assistant to some really really good coaches so that matters when it's time to get jobs and he's a really good dude and i have to imagine a great like interview uh if you were bringing him into interview and that always helps to get jobs um and he's a players coach so players really yeah. players really dig players AG. love him players love him I, I know when he 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 was on the warriors staff a couple years before i was i was uh, on the beat but you could always see that the former players draymond's going up to him you know steve's steve kerr's going up to him steph's going up to him and he's he's cracking jokes he's shooting the shit very great joke teller oh he's fantastic really great joke teller yeah yeah. Great comedic timing. Yeah, he's fantastic. Right? Yeah, listen, you, you I played with players that had that ability like he comes across like a player. And and ultimately Logan, like to your question, maybe maybe that's why um some of his teams don't because you can't be too much like a player. Like you know what I mean? But he comes across like a player. That's why everybody loves him like that. And you can do that as an assistant and so some, yeah. sometimes that don't come across the same I, way as the head. I think he's I think he's a great assistant coach, like maybe an overqualified assistant coach, mm -hmm. but a great assistant coach nonetheless, right? And I think I I put I would put him in that I would put him in that category and I think that he'll be a great assistant one day. He he might just he might get another head coaching shot. I just see him as a great assistant. I don't I don't I, I there isn't there's there's enough body of work to see that he's done better for teams as an assistant than he has as a head guy. I'm with you on that. And I think he might fall into the category that you and I talked about and you you brought it up. It was a great point about the Suns and and different coaches for different scenarios. Al, Alvin is the perfect coach for a young team where you're trying to assess everybody's kind of talent level. You want them to be free to go out there and hoop and and try to grow them. Like, cause he's gonna be the player's coach that's not standing in anybody's way. It's not his way or the highway. So guys will be able to spread their wings and hoop. I think the biggest thing, and this is something that that Griff has to get right. You don't this you already got one coach under the belt for Zion, right? You don't want to keep firing coaches. Word. You have to pop on this one. Mm -hmm. How important is that for him to 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 make this decision right. Huge. It's, uh, it'll be probably his fate, uh, um, Griff's, you know, because ultimately if you get this wrong, um, I mean, you're in probably year, what, four now, three or four. Um, if it does, if it's not working, like general managers, as much as they love you, like they're not letting you ride with, with, with expectations not met for that long in today's NBA. So this, I think, for Griff is ultimately going to be his his job, right? It, if you get it right and you're able to get it all right, it doesn't mean you got to win a championship, but there's steady growth. Like the team's trending in the right direction. We're, we're in the playoffs. We're advancing in the playoffs. Like then you're, you're, you're executing your game plan, the one you probably laid out to the franchise. But if you get the wrong person in there and it turns into a shit show, it's probably going to wind up being Griff. It was a little, uh, I thought, 
AG had a little bit more leeway just considering. I know that Griff inherited Gentry, but there's still that connection from from Phoenix. Yeah. And I thought that he would just have a little bit more leeway. Well, I think I'm with you, but I think that might speak to like your question about how, does Griff have to get this right? Like Griff probably, you know, like has a little bit of heat. Like, listen, we need this is this is our timeline for this. You know what I mean? So like, let's get it moving. Who do you think? Who do you think would be a good a good option? I, I think that I, I like Kenny Atkinson, Atkinson for this role. Just for we've seen that him play with a young team, and we've seen him get the most out of a young core. Um, who do you th- who do you think would be perfect on the market right now? No, this, that's a great that's a great name. Um, I think Jay Kidd. I think Jay Kidd could be good in that space. Um, uh, trying to see if T. Lou. I mean, T. Lou is just a name I like to say because I had experience with him. But I'm, we haven't seen him develop a young. Yeah, team. I don't. I, I think he he did it with already matured, ready to go stars. So I, I, I like, I like Kenny Atkinson. I think it's a great name. Um, I, what, what, what about Kenny specifically? Um, do you think makes him the right guy for this job? Like, like I know he gets them teams to play hard and stuff like that, but w- was it skill development? Like, was it the whole, what, what was I, it? I think that, that the fact that he did so much more with less in Brooklyn and it was with a younger team that always played hard. And I think, He's the type of coach that builds habits. And at this stage, you need to build habits if you're going to be a, a team that's going to uh, on the rise. Uh, so I, I'd say Kenny Atkins is just from the standpoint that you just need a guy that's going to make sure that you're doing all the right things on the floor. That's a good, that's a good point, man. His teams always play hard. They play well. They play together. And even with those lineups, because they've had a bunch of injury in New Jersey over the last few years, he always he always figures it out. He's he's a he's a undervalued, I think, uh, coach. Like he's got to be put in the right situation. But I do like Jay Kidd too, only because I think he is a developer of of talent um, in terms of helping people get to that next level, especially young guards. And I do believe, and I don't, I'd be interested because I said his name and you didn't bite on it a couple episodes ago. Um, Lonzo, I don't think he ever becomes what Magic thought he was going to be, like rafters. I don't, I don't think he's that guy. But I do think if you can figure out how to get the best out of him, like get him comfortable um, and really igniting offense, like he could help a team like that. And I think Jay Kidd is a guy who could do that. Jock Vaughn would be a good one. And to your point about uh, Jay Kidd, that's someone that Lonzo was compared to a lot. Probably still is. Um, let's get to picks. Yeah, bet. All right, so... We're here right now. We're, I'm just going to run them down the line. Lakers, Blazers, how many games? Who wins? Lakers, Blazers. I got it six. It's wow. Deeper than it needs to go, but I'm going to take the Lakers in six. Lakers in four, maybe five. Lakers in four, maybe five. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad I, at I five. Feel bad. I feel bad at doing this. Like I feel bad <laughs> it has to be this way. All but right. Go ahead. Here, let's rotate them, though. So, all, all, right. Right. all right. I need uh, Clippers and, and Mavericks. So, you ain't... So we could get a a true thing. You can't be piggybacking off me. I see. Here's the thing. I don't. I, you know how I feel about the Clippers. They feel. I feel like they got to get into a lather. They got Luke. They're pulling up against Luca. I say Clippers in six. Clippers in six. See Clippers that's six. okay. So we're having. I'm taking the Clippers in four or five. Wow. Yes. Why is that? Because I don't. I, Mavericks. Um. Shout out to Chris Stapps though. We can get to talk about him. Chris Stapps bubble game. Has been has been really tough, and and he's doing it on the block where he ain't got to be. I think that's gonna help him in the Clipper series. Dallas don't play no defense, man. Like they don't, especially down the stretch. Like you know, there's it's. 
I love watching them offensively, but I don't trust it. I think the Clippers and Kawhi, I'm not betting against Kawhi, sir. I'm not betting. Uh, technically, I'm not betting against Kawhi either. I just said it's going to take a little in longer. In three games you were, or two. Not in the series, though. Oh, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, let's go. Four or five matchup. Really intriguing. I like this. These are the two of the teams that I just don't know what the hell is going on yeah. with, but I like them. Houston versus OKC. Oh, this is tough. I'm going to take the Rockets. Mm. I'm going to take the Rockets. Now, can I qualify it by saying like they have? No, no I can't. What, say, so, uh, just say what you're going to do. What I, you're I, need do? To quali- I need Russ back by game two. I need Russ back in the mix by game two or game three, and I'll take the Rockets in six. I'm going to take the Rockets in seven. Ooh. With a, take the Rockets in is seven. that with or without Russ? You want no qualification on it? I'm not gonna do qualification on that. All right, bet that, bet that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. All right, okay. Let's. We don't even have to do the next one. It's Milwaukee Magic sweep. Like, what are we doing? Like, this is correct. Even, this is Pass. even fun. Pass. Raptors Nets. Yeah, tough one, but I think it's gonna be. I, I do think it's gonna be a five game series, man. I think the Raptors. A are very entertaining five game series, yep. though. Yep. Very entertaining. Yep. Look, the Magic, the 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 Nets. Like you, you talked about Jacques Vaughn, man. Like they're, they're, I get down with the Nets. I really like what they're what they're doing. What no matter no matter who's on the floor, those cats come to play. But I don't think they can really put up that much of a fight. Nets, another team can't really figure out. Celtics Sixers. Shout out Chris Ryan, who's probably crying in a um in a corner right now, listening to this. <laughs> uh, longtime Sixers fan right now. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Scary, scary hours for the uh, scary hours for the Sixers yeah, right no, now. I'm six, maybe five, 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 five for sure. Yeah. Pacers, Heat might be my favorite. Two of my favorite matchups: Pacers, Heat. The three, my three favorites, right? Denver, Jazz, Houston, Oklahoma. Pacers, Heat. Oh, we didn't even get into Denver Jazz, did yes, we? I think we, we skipped we over skipped that. Denver we'll get, Jazz. That's the next one. Now we'll do the next All one. Right. We'll do. We'll talk about that next one. Um, I'm gonna take the Heat. In five or six. What? Yeah. How are you going to qualify? I say it like, oh man, it's going to be a great series. Well, six, five games though. Six. I th- because the Heat, I think the Heat have the potential to beat them more consistently than Indiana has the potential to beat the Heat consistently. But I do think we could get into a six game series and uh, I don't know. I, I trust the Heat. Is that wrong? Like, do you, I trust... And I shouldn't because they don't have a That's whole lot saying. of proven shit. But like, I trust All right. the culture. Let's get to the shits, man. I'm going Pacers in seven. Yes. I'm going fucking Pacers. Thank in you, seven. sir. Listen, go. let's I'm, go. In full disclosure, full disclosure. I wanted to do it so bad and I was See, scared to do it. Scare money. <laughs> that was scare let's money. Get this board. Scare money don't make money, player. All right. Last, last, last matchup before we get to real one of the week. Nuggets, Jazz. Mm. Uh, I want to. I want to take the Jazz. I'm taking the Nuggets. I'm taking the ah, Nuggets. At six. See, you've been, I'm taking you've been the Nuggets. real scary. You've been real scary right now, bro. I'm taking Jazz at no, seven. No, why? I'm taking the Jazz no, at seven. No, what's his name? Bogdan? No, no Bogdan? No, nothing. I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm taking. I just want. I'm just being real uh, controversial somebody's right now. Is what do I'm it. doing. Somebody's, somebody's, somebody's got to do it. You're being real safe right somebody's, now. I don't like it, bro. Chalk. There's a lot of wisdom right there, and I, I think you're using that wisdom way too much. I think you need to have a little bit more fun, bro. <laughs> I'm taking. The- I want to go. With, I'm going with. The, I'm going with the Jazz, man. This is a fun series. This could I just, be a fun I just, series. This could be a fun series. Who are you? Um, who's the difference maker on both of those teams, though? Like Michael Porter on Nuggets, one hundred, one hundred percent. Also, a little wrinkle though. Mike Conley mm. from the Jazz. 
he just left the bubble to go to go see his child. He really? Yeah. So that actually that just came to mind. That might mess nah, up my uh-uh, no, no. All right, I'm going. No. All right, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Right. Utah Jazz. Bet. All right. We do this every week, Roger Bell. Yes, indeed. I'm first this week, right? You're our first this one this week. This is somebody who is proven that they're worth their salt. This is someone that has certified not a smear on their name. You got to put respect on their name. This is the real one of the week, Roger Bell. Who is your real one of the week? So my real one of the week just got sent home. He's the real one of the week for me nonetheless. It's one John Morant. Mm. In the closeout game with the career high, um, what was it, 35 of them? trying to will his team into a playoff berth as, or at least a second game in a playoff, like a play-in scenario as a rookie, I thought was pretty dope. Like when you're the guy and you're doing the guy things as a rookie, like that's pretty cool. But more importantly, playing four games with a fractured thumb in a day and an age where cats leave for rolled ankles, hurt thumbs, and and just the, 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 the softest of injuries, like my man playing in a scenario with the fractured thumb is real to me. So he is my real one of the week. They do it different in South Carolina, man. That's all I'm saying. It is, it's, the boys is different in South Carolina. My real one of the week, should it really come as a surprise to anyone? Dame Lillard, bro. It's Dame Lillard. Averaged 51 points over his last four games. Single-handedly brought the Blazers into the postseason and single-handedly put respect back onto his name. He put respect... Back on the Portland Trailblazers as a staff record label and a motherfucking crew. What? <laughs> and he showed town business, man. I'm yeah. going with Dame Lillard. There's, I, I don't think, I think, I don't think that, I don't think that, I think there's only one answer. And we're going to put in Dame Lillard. I, I'm with you on that. Um, can I give an honorable mention this week? Go ahead. Yeah, Yusef Nurkic. Uh, real one. Real one, right? Like, real one. Like, you know, with everything going on in his life and the, and the loss of grandma to come out and, 2020 and whatever it was, like, real one. Honorable mention. Yeah. It's been a great show, man. It's been a great show. Yeah, brother. I have Good fun. talking to you as always. Listen to our podcast on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. And mostly Spotify, because that's what pay the bills. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next week. Holla. Yeah.